Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed, up in this bitch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back with another episode here. This time, we're going to come over your head top with another album review. We know it's been a couple weeks since our last one, but we're coming with this one this week. And it's, of course, one chosen by my co-host, Mr. Cooper. Yeah. Uh, and it is The Allegory by Royster59. Now, before we started this this episode, we just started talking about, I guess, our previous experience listening to Royster59. <laughs> yes. And I initially just said that I've never really been a huge fan of Royce, and it's never been his rapping ability or his style, for that matter, but more so his beat selection. Yeah. And you kind of relayed the same the same sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, like I said, I had never heard an actual project by him until he worked with DJ Premier, and they came up with the whole Prime thing, and they had part one and part two. Yep. And I like, like I said before, I'm pretty much guaranteed to like almost any beat that drops out of DJ Premier's head. So, like... It was just like he yeah. can like I know Five Nine can rap like that I know's off point so mm-hmm. it was just vicious to hear him and, and Premier go at it and so but like I'm not gonna lie it's like getting getting through a whole album of just this nigga whoo he says a lot the beats are a lot but let's yeah. let's go no. ahead and just get into this because this is uh, this is definitely an interesting so, so. project oh yeah no definitely and you know just to preface to lay it out this is again I, I hadn't actually even I hadn't even heard the uh, the primo collabs either i just hadn't really had too much I've, i hadn't heard any product project from uh voice to five nine period so i just feel like it's i don't know it, it was it was definitely something new for me to go into this and uh i, I was surprised but we, we, we don't get into that yes sir yes sir y'all know what we usually do we usually like to either go through the entire project or just talk about the jones that we liked on this project, yep. we're just gonna go ahead and start talking about the Jones that we like because this Jones is a 22 track yep. project, and we are not about yep. to sit here and do that to y'all. <laughs> nope, we're not gonna do that to ourselves either because there's a lot to talk about if if you think about it. Exactly. But. So the first track on here is called Mr. Grace, or yeah, Mr. Grace, and it's just a spoken word Jones. It's pretty cool for me. It just kind of goes on really, really long for my for for my taste for an intro. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it could have definitely been cut down. They could have used, like, a, a shorter of the poem. Because, I mean, the poem was great. Like, it was a dope poem. It was just long yeah. to sit through. Like, it was almost three minutes long or something like that. So Honestly, something that's like this should only be, at the most, a minute and a half to two minutes, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. This is going on for, well, this is a little bit over four minutes long. See. So, I, I agree. I feel like it was too long. I, I like the concept of it. it. I really, I really feel like it sets up what this album is going to be about, which is I feel like it's a very well orchestrated conceptual album. Yes, um, and uh, I think it's done very well. But again, I, I do agree with you. I feel like this particular intro of the album is a little bit too long. Even with the amount, with the depth that he goes into, I just feel like it's too long. And I feel like he should have kind of left this later on in the album if he wanted to include this because I feel like at that point you're already into the album. Like you kind of need a a smooth transition into the album i feel as a listener and i feel like this might deter somebody who's not really looking to listen to something like this you know exactly I mean? exactly 
Let's go on to, to, the, to the second one Since I guess that's the first actual song of the album mm-hmm. Which is called Dope Man Featuring Emony And I can't see the other artists here but it's Cedric the guessing, Entertainer Oh I'm guessing like um, the, the little The hook or whatever Was that no, him saying that? No, yeah uh, whatever that radio kind of sounding joint was Oh okay, okay Yeah okay. that was Sid Okay okay cool He cool, was like cool. an old school yeah. radio Like late night DJ right. Okay okay that makes sense That makes sense but uh, but yeah, this was this was an interesting way to start the album, and the reason I I say that is because I feel like the instrumental here or the beat is so different from anything else on this album. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of "To Pimp a Butterfly" Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Had a lot of instrument, a lot of instrumentation throughout, a lot of uh, chorus type of singing throughout, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was dope. I thought it was dope. Again, it fit conceptually what the album was trying to do. And uh, I, I definitely feel like it's it's not so much like a rapping, like a rap song. It's kind of just I don't even know how to explain it, but it's definitely an experience. And I feel like it's a it's a cool way to, to start the album, in my opinion. No, definitely. I think that the number one, the beat is just dope as fuck. It sounds like something that you would have heard. Like you said, it's very instrumental. It sounds like something you would have really heard from like Teddy Pendergrass or one of them other dudes like in the 70s mm-hmm. and shit. Like it definitely just yeah. sounds like a like an old throwback joint. And then when you get said on the on the little radio part, uh, talking over it like he's the radio DJ, like it just kind of takes you back to a time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's a great way to start the album. And it's kind of weird because like we usually always talk about the first song kind of lead you into the album and let you know what you're in for, blah, 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 blah. I don't think this first song does that. <laughs> you're, right. you're right at all, period. And and honestly, you don't even have to look that further into the album. You can just go on to the next one and just look at it. It's, it's a complete change of pace, style, stylistically, and instrumentally. It's just different, which, again, it's typically, I guess that wouldn't work, but I feel like it works in this one, to be honest, because of the because of the content of the song and it talking about, you know, dope man and it's his role in, in the black community and shit like that. I feel like it fits, but it, it's definitely not a sign of what's to come on the rest of the album for sure. No, definitely for sure. I agree with that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to number four, which is Pendulum. Yeah. Featured yep. Ashley Sorrell. I thought this jump was vicious. And honestly, the the chorus of this jump sounds like a song. Like, it's very, very similar to something I feel like I've heard somewhere before, but I mm. cannot remember what it is. But they sound, I know it's different than Pendulum, and it sounds the same. But I still think it's vicious. Um, the beat, okay, the beat sounds like it could be old, but it could be new. It's like one of those really deceptive beats. Mm. And I thought it was a cool use of the sample, uh, the, the vocal sample for the chorus. Um, yeah. And of course, lyrically, I never have a problem with 5 9 so... No, I, I agree. I, I starting off with the beat. I feel like it's a very haunting type of beat, like the piano in the background. Mm-hmm. Very haunting and simple for that matter. Very simple, haunting, and even the the hook that the, I guess the sample that they incorporate for the hook. It just sounds kind of, I guess the the echo or whatever they put around it, it kind of sounds kind of haunting as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of like not there necessarily. Kind of ghostly, if you will. But I thought it was really dope, and I, I felt like the feature here, Ashley Saray, which I've Sorrell, which I've never heard of until this point. I thought she did a really good job on this joint. Her, her voice is very unique in a sense, and uh, I felt like she did a good job on her verse. And, and I feel like again, they both killed it. The hook was dope, and the, 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 again, the instrumental is really what kind of caught my attention, just because of how dark and gritty and just overall just like dark it sounded. So I, I thought this joint was dope as well, for sure. Yeah. 
let me go on to let me just jump to number nine, which is uh, "Overcomer" by West Side Gun. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, featuring West Side Gun. Mm-hmm. And I thought this joint, first of all, the the instrument or the instrumental, while I do feel it was a little repetitive, I thought this joint was dope as fuck. I, when the beat actually dropped, I I, I think the beat should have dropped a lot earlier. To be honest, yes. I don't know if you peeped that, but yes. But and, and and it's just because I really dig how how this loops, if you will, like because it really was just a loop, really of the sample just kept looping, looping, looping. But I went, it sounded better with drums over, in my opinion. But I thought it was dope. I really liked the hook. I remember I wrote, I wrote down that I was driving around just randomly singing. All we did was slang dope, because that, that's exactly how the hook. Was. And I feel like it's a really catchy hook. So I thought the shit was dope. I thought the instrumental was really dope. It sounded like a Griselda beat for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Griselda's uh, in-house producer probably produced this or not. But um, I thought it was dope. To be completely honest with you, right? I like the other Griselda members' features on here a little bit better than this one. But I did think it was dope. I like it. You're right. Um, it like I kind of did like the other members' verses on this album a little bit more than West Side's. I'm not very well versed in West Side's music. I've, I have that album. I still have yet to get to it, my bad. <laughs> but honestly, like, I was cool with the sample at first, but because, like you said, it just, just looped over and over, it is just way too overused. So, yeah. I'm, like, that kind of killed me off that. And, yo, the beat doesn't come in for, like, a minute and a half, dog. I'm like, yeah. when is this joint about to drop? It sounds like it's about to hit me, yeah. and then it just almost never came. I was like, God damn. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it kind of sounds a little jumbled and, and disoriented and just it doesn't really know what it wants to do. And then it just kind of catches itself and goes about its business. Um, yeah. It's really weird. So, yeah, I already said I'm not the biggest fan of this beat, but lyrically, the song is good. Again, lyrics can definitely keep you in something versus the beat. So, yeah. But it had like three beat changes during this song. Yeah. And yep. it was just kind of like, all right, you went from damn near having no beat to all of a sudden now there's three extra beats. Like, I, I don't know. This... This song was a little all over the place for me. What uh, just wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It, it was a lot going on, and I feel like this isn't the first, or isn't it isn't the only song that that happens on in this album. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that a little further on. But I, I don't know. I just really dig the sample that they use. I just wish that they would have switched it up, like we said, just not use the same loop over and over again. Like it literally just sounded. Like they sped up or slowed down. I can't, can't really tell. Either sped up or slowed down the song and just looped that sample and kept playing it and playing it. And I feel like that kind of lacks a little bit of creativity yeah. when it comes to, especially when you got guys like, you know, Primo who make it so that you don't even, you can't even realize or recognize the song that he sampled. Exactly. That's when you really, I feel like that's when you really do like a vicious job at using samples is when you can't even tell what the sample is and you're just like holy shit he did that with that mm-hmm. you know that's that is crazy to me but if you just loop a song or or i guess a, a sample over and over again it's just it gets repetitive and old quick and this is again again a song that i like but i just feel like i would get tired of quick just because of the, the, the loop exactly now producers any producers out there listening when you're sampling less is always better yeah less i agree always better the less you use of the actual song and make it your own thing, the better. Because then, it, again, it's just it's just lazy. Let's let's just keep it. it really is. It's just There's no creativity in just slapping someone else's shit on there and saying, "Oh, I got it." That's plagiarism, like shit. It sounds dope. Rap over this shit that isn't an actual beat. Exactly. I never understood that, <laughs> but hey, I th- 
all that being said, though, I thought the song was dope. Like you said, lyricism wins at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like lyricism definitely came out from both guys. But particularly, I like I like Royce's verse on this one. I agree with you. I'm going to actually jump all the way to number 14. Okay. And I'm going to talk about Upside Down, which again features Ashley Sorrell, but this time features Benny the Butcher. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a very somber song at the beginning. It sounds just like really sad, really down. Yeah. And... There's no rapping on this jump until about a minute into the song. So it's just Ashley singing over the jump. And as, yep. and like you said before, she just has that, I don't know, that tone to her voice where she can just kind of carry like a hauntingly sad tune and just make it still sound mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, yep. But once, once the rapping actually com- comes in, both verses are so dope. Because like I said, she raps, like, I mean, she's singing for like almost a minute and a half, almost two minutes, and then... Five Nine comes in and rips his verse, and then Benny comes in and completely rips his verse, and it's just like the song is suddenly over after that. Like it just yeah. ends sharply right after fucking Benny's done rapping. And I was like, yep. I could have gone on for a little bit more because, like you know, have her sing a little outro joint. You know, that would have been cool to end. It. I, I don't know, man. No, I thought it was I, still I a dope song though. It's still vicious as shit. No, I, I agree one hundred percent. And I feel like it's dope what he says in his joint. I, let me see. I, I wrote it down exactly what it was. But uh, let me see. The whole Bill Maurer using the N-word around Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't use it next to DL. I, I, I think that was like really dope lyricism right there. And I just had, I probably butchered exactly how he said it. But check out number 14 on his track, uh, on his album, Upside Down, if you want to know what I'm talking about. But I think there was some really dope lyricism on this, on this joint. I think... Uh, I think Royce's uh, obviously killed it. I think Benny as well killed it. And I feel like he brought something up that was really fucking interesting, which is right right before the um Benny Benny the Butcher's verses came out, he was having like kind of like a spoken word type of thing. He was saying, "Yo, niggas want to talk about owning a masters, but instead of that, how about you focus on making music good music so that your masters are actually worth something uh-huh. 20 years down the line? Cuz there's no point in having your masters if your music is trash." So you're, you're like he said, it's it's like owning 100 percent of nothing. So I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting, and I feel like, um, especially coming from somebody of of his lane and rap, I feel like that's something that um, should definitely be preached. But um, yeah, really dope song. I, I liked all the features on here. I liked uh, Ashley Sorrell and Benny the Butchers, and yeah, I thought I thought this was a dope song. No, I agree with you 100. percent And you're right. That is a really good line, and it's. Not just for for rappers to get their shit up and to have their masters, but like you said, like he said, make sure that shit is worth something so that you can still get paid for it. Like I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you could like shit. Lil Bow Wow could have his masters, but how much is it really going to be worth? Right. No. Exactly. Again, like or Soldier Boy. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like masters, Soldier Boy's masters at this point, or for for at any point past like 2007, weren't really worth worth a whole lot of anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and again. I almost feel like he's speaking towards the illusion of, you know, owning your masters. Like, what does that even really mean if your shit isn't worth anything? Which is why he says, you know, to know your your value and shit like that. So I feel like that was a really dope message to put out there. Exactly. So for me, we're going to go back to number 12, which is featuring another member of Griselda, Conway the Machine on his joint. Oh, we didn't hit and the triple. Look, we hit the triple, man. And let me just say, man, I'm so happy. Like Griselda's at where they're at. I feel like the grittiness is back in hip hop because these are three guys that legitimately represent hip hop 
And there, I feel like guys that are at the forefront are looking up to these guys and, and giving them credit. I've heard Drake give Benny the Butcher and Conway and Westside credit. Uh, a lot of guys that are in these positions, you know, just up in these guys. And, and, you know, I feel like it's dope. I feel like we're in a time where real, I hate to say, I hate to use the word or the term real rap, but like, you know, what traditional rap is can coexist with the newer rap. And I feel like that hasn't really been a thing until the last couple of years when you got guys like, obviously, Griselda, you got guys like Freddie Gibbs. Uh, and I'm sure there's a, a, a bunch of other guys out there that I can't think of right now. But I just I just wanted to say that, that was I think it's a really dope time that we're living in, in rap because whether you really want to rap or you want to just make like the fuck shit, I feel like you could do whatever and you could still have a voice in hip hop. So I think that's really dope. Exactly. Well, I mean, if you think about it for years, once the fuck shit started coming out, you had the real rappers going in on them about what is this trash music y'all doing, blah, blah, blah. But then you had the niggas that was making the fuck shit like, well, fuck you and y'all shit. We don't need to be all about lyrical, blah, 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 blah. So you had the two sides going against each other for damn near a decade or probably more at this point. And there's now yep. it's just like, like you said, it's just mm-hmm. good to see that everybody's getting along. This guy can give props to this guy no matter what style yep. of music that they do. And everybody can get along. Shit, you might even see a Drake Griselda record one day or at least have one of them featured on his shit or him featured on their shit. You never know nowadays. But see, and that's the problem that I feel. And again, you just mentioned it, that like a lot of times, a lot of the older rappers kind of going on the younger rappers because and it's always going to look like hating. It's always going to look like hating. No matter if you're right or wrong, it's going to look like hating. And to be honest, it kind of is unless you just embrace it, but still do what you do, which is I feel like what a lot of these rappers are doing, like guys like Freddie Gibbs, you know, they work with guys like Mad Lib and, and Alchemist and things of that nature, like guys that really built that era of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s rap. And still be popping right now. So I, again, I, I just think it's really dope just to, to to be part of this and really, I guess, be a, a member of the audience in, in this era of, of rap. Because I feel like whether you like real hip hop, rapidly, rapidly, rap, rap, or if you're just part of you know trap music and you know whatever's popping, there's something for everybody out there right now, and it's accessible as fuck. So. Exactly. Okay. Perfect example. I don't mean to cut you off. My bad. But perfect example of what we were just talking about. And I was thinking about it. I'm trying to pull it up. King's Disease, Nas' new album that came out 2020, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He got appearances by Charlie Wilson, Old School, Hit Boy, New School, Big Sean, New School. Although he he mixed that, he mixes that, you know. Uh, Yeah. Don Tolliver, New School, Lil Durk, Anderson Pack, like you know, um, FIFO Foreign. Uh, Aesop Ferg. These are all newer artists who are working with a legend in in the industry. So you're seeing now, and I mean, I've I've seen it on Rick Ross's albums. You see it on Jay Z's album. Like they're starting to really work with the younger artists who that they were talking shit about before, and now making interesting music together and i feel like um that again it's just it's it's very nice to see and it's it's interesting to see what they come up with because you have you know the old school niggas who already have their established system flavor of shit and you got these little new niggas that come in and push them in to try some new shit you know what i'm saying like no i agree and again i know we've been reveling about this for a little bit but I, i just feel like that's really how shit gets done and that's how you keep the culture kind of protected from outside bullshit you know what i mean because the younger guys teach the the older guys teach the younger guys so obviously they don't make certain mistakes and so that 
is just the unity and unity is always going to thrive over, you know, just wildness and randomness and lawlessness just going on. So mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, it's definitely important and I hope this can continue in hip hop. Exactly. But let's just get back, let's get back into the album, though. Talking about number 12, which is FUBU, For Us, By Us, featuring Conway the Machine. Mm-hmm. And let me just say this. I wrote this down that I feel like initially Conway was maybe the second verse and fucking Royce was the first verse. And then he made it like, fuck that. I'm going to make this nigga go first because that verse is too fucking hot, dog. Because I feel like that nigga killed the joint. I feel like Conway killed his verse. And there's just no way he could let him go last because, you know, that's kind of like the rule between MCs. Like, oh, this nigga killed it and he went last. That means they're going to remember his verse and not mine. Exactly. But that being said, I feel like both of these guys did a really good job. Really dope verse. The beat was really dope. I thought it was kind of like, again, a, like a weird, dark sounding kind of eerie kind of little noise that they were using for the, I don't know if it was, I guess the synthesizer that they were using, mm-hmm. but it was just really dope, um, really dark. And I feel like it fit both of these guys' uh, style very well. I, I was saying to myself, it, it's a, it definitely is a strange beat. It takes a little bit to get used to, but that's like a common theme with some of the beats on this album. And I also, again, like lyrically, again, we like we just, we, like, like you just said, all the lyrics on this joint are vicious. And again, I wrote down, yes, Conway kind of murdered Royce. <laughs> like, he he yeah. had, he had took the number one spot on this song. Like, that's what it was. But the, the song itself is a fucking dope song. Like, definitely something that you cannot skip over on this album. So the next joint I'm going to talk about is going to be number 16, Tricked, featuring King Crooked, as I'm assuming how to mm-hmm. say that name. Yeah. At first, I thought it was somebody named King and then Crooked Eye, and they just forgot to put the eye. And then I looked up the actual artist. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, feeling old and disconnected from these niggas. Like, <laughs> I hear you. But, yeah, no, for Tricked, the beat is dope as shit. I really was not expecting that beat to sound like that. It just sounds like some random, otherworldly, just, like, vicious mm-hmm. shit. And, it like, it, it just did... After listening to other shit on the album before it, I was not expecting yeah. this. And of course, lyrically dope. Like I can't. I, I feel like we're just gonna keep saying that about the lyrics of this song. Yeah, this is an overall really good song. I think it's one of the best songs on the album, and he makes a lot of good points in this song. Just oh, like, yeah. go back okay. and listen to it, and you'd be like, "Huh, I never thought about that like that." Hmm. A lot of good points. And you know what? One thing I will say about this song is that, like, when I first heard it, right, I just knew being that this is a Royce the Five Nine song. And the song is called Tricked. I knew that it was, and me listening to the rest of the album, I just knew that this was going to be a song talking about how we've been tricked by, you know, I guess our oppressors to live life a certain way. Now, I was thinking, man, this is going to get kind of corny real quick. But the truth of it is, if you're a vicious rapper and a vicious MC, which Royce the 5'9 is, you can make it so that it's not corny at all. And I feel like the shit he brought up here wasn't the regular shit that you're expecting to hear on a song like this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like now don't get me wrong he does bring up like the whole notion of you know rappers and kids wanting to be rappers and we've been tricked into that or whatever and, and that's that's like a it's like a predictable thing to say but i feel like there's other things that he brings in, brings up in this song that aren't predictable at all and like you said it has you thinking like oh shit this nigga's right like shit there's, there's a lot of shit that you don't realize until somebody like royce in this case brings it up exactly but yeah definitely like i want to say the thing about this is that you can listen to this with an open mind because even one of the skits on here i'm trying to remember which one it was was it the ice cream one 
ice cream truck one that one kind of caught my attention no but i already knew that about that ice cream truck song i knew that about that song and mm. but you know it's america they don't give a fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts, plus people facts. don't even know shit the um the national anthem i think the second verse got some shit about slavery and some other fucked up oh, shit yeah. so like nah, yeah, like, yeah. some shit we don't know about because you know what they do they cut that shit out <laughs> and don't show slide it under the Slide it under the fridge and hope it gathers around with the rest of the dust in there. Exactly, but yeah, there was one of these one of these joints on there where he was talking to his kid. I believe it was a little girl. Might have been a little boy. It's hard to tell with kids, but um, yeah, they were talking about like economic stuff and 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 stocks and all this shit that you don't that you that we barely learn as adults. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it took right. like us having to go through some shit to learn this shit, just like our parents did. We weren't taught it. Right. He's teaching this child this at like the age of like six, seven. How old were oh, yeah, yeah. the child is? So like these kids right now, they have so much access to more information, and we have access to shit that we know we should have learned, and we pass right. on to them. Because I know a lot of my friends do that. They t- they t- they teach their kids about a lot of other shit that we didn't ever learn anything about when we were kids, simply because it would behoove them and better them. I have a whole. I'm right. gonna talk to you about it on the side, but I have a whole plan oh, on what they that. should do in high schools and shit. But oh we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. But um, but that that skit was really vicious, and I'm. It's kind of like a. Not, I don't want to say like an eye-opening thing because I'm not trying to sit here and tell people how to raise their kids and shit. But like, right, it can right, right, show right. you, oh yeah, like maybe I should teach my child this so they don't have to go through the credit problems that I have, or they don't have to do this and they yeah. have an even better life than I have because they'll be able to make money and have a better understanding about how money works and all of this shit and saving and blah blah blah. You know, because you know, you know what it is. And again, not to get too deep into this, but I yeah. feel like you don't realize how quick these things are going to start impacting your life as a kid. You know, you're thinking, oh, I, you're like, I'm never going to, like, why should I care about this right now? But the truth is, you should care about this right now so that when, as an adult, you run into these issues, you're already prepared to deal with them and don't have to go through a whole test dummy course to figure out how to work it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, whole another different conversation for a different show. Exactly. But we're going to leave it at that. But yeah, definitely. Number, it's number 16 trick. I, I agree with you. I think it was a dope song. Really, really out of the loop kind of beat. And I feel like it, it just fit fit perfectly i think it was a dope song for exactly. sure so let's go on to uh number 18 which is black savage um featuring a bunch of people <laughs> uh it's like three or four people that are featured on this song yeah and uh, white gold sci high the prince ti and i i wrote it so sloppy i can't write this i can't read this other person's name like, Cy Cy, Ari. Cy, oh Cy Ari the kid yeah Cy Ari the one kid, of them so. long ass names yeah, one of them long ass movies. <laughs> so Black Savage featuring everybody we just mentioned. Yep. And let me just say, I actually it's funny because I thought it was just Sci High the Prince, but T.I. is kind of snuck in at the end. Yep. And I didn't really see his name there. And I was like, hold on, that sounds a lot like T.I. at the end of the song. And lo and behold, it was T.I. And I thought this song was dope. I thought the beat was really fucking dope. There's a switch up that I really like where kind of like these like this weird synthesized noise kind of comes in. And I thought that was really dope. But overall, it's a really dope song. I like the hook. The whoever was singing it, I thought I thought did a really good job at singing it. And even like the little tribal kind of sounding harmonizing in the background, mm-hmm. I thought it was really dope. I thought it really fit the overall message of the song and uh, really dope message in general, man. I thought it was really dope. I agree with you. The like you said, the beat was really fucking vicious. It's uh, one of the most energetic beats I've heard in a long time. And the chorus, like you said, the chorus is dope, and it's got the you said like the tribal harmonizing, but it's got like the the Jamaican or the Caribbean sounding like when they're singing it, they kind of got the inflection in their voice. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. like like you said, all the guests on here that were featured did nothing but like you know keep the quality even or raise the quality of the song. Like no one yep. sounded bad on this joint. Um, so I have to give it to him. This is like a this is a good song. I I would definitely come back to this joint and just put it on when like the niggas is chilling around drinking and whatever you know. Like, oh yeah, that that's definitely one. I'm nah, gonna... that's a fact. I agree. All right, let's go to. I'm gonna go to the last track on here, number twenty-two, "Hero" featuring White Gold. Um, mm-hmm. This is a very positive sounding track. I think even the, the beat. Yes, the beat. Everything about it is positive. It's the most positive joint on here. So it's just like, oh, let yeah. me go ahead and hit you with all the dark, dull, and shit that I got <laughs> in my mind. And at the end of the joint, I'm gonna hit you with, but happy day. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And it's just, it's basically like a story about him looking up to his father, the lessons that he's learned all through life. Uh, I think it's a really good song, and it's I think that it's a really good, of course, positive way to end the the, the album. Because I mean, you still get yeah. the lyrical viciousness that is Royce the Five Nine, but you mm. get a different side of him. Because usually, whenever you hear him rap, he's all some dark kind of weird shit. You know what I'm saying? He never yeah. is really super no, super positive I, and stuff. So it's it was a good switch up to see that he can actually do that and do it with energy, like he was actually about it. It's not like they just told oh, yeah. him he had to write it for something to be a little lit light or maybe radio friendly mm-hmm. on the on the shit you know so like i i thought it was well played no i agree 100 um i thought the message was dope anybody who's lucky enough to have their father with them but like definitely related to this song and just think about it. especially as a grown man you know you think about everything your father's telling you on the way i feel like this is definitely invoked that kind of emotion yep. uh just on that alone but um even referring to the actual music itself the beat like you said it's just a really, really dope beat. And it, it just makes you feel good. It is an uplifting kind of beat. And everything from his message in the song, I thought it was really dope. To be honest with you, this is probably my favorite song on the album. I kind of wish he would have rapped over more beats that kind of sounded like this. Uh-huh. Maybe not as positive and uplifting, but just this style of beat. I thought it was a really dope uh, style of beat. And I feel like it was a change up, complete change up at the end of it. But I feel like it, it fit and it worked. and. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with it. I thought it was, to me it was one of my favorite songs in the album for sure. No, it was definitely dope. Like they again, a really good job they did on this joint. Yeah. Again, I mean the whole album is good once you can get through it. I'm not gonna lie, it was just a difficult listen. Uh, and, and unless you have anything to talk about, we can go slide slide right into that. Yeah, yeah no, let's 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 talk about what we I guess found a little harder to listen to for sure. Well, for sure, the the length of the album, I feel like these days. These days, just with most albums that are really anything over 15, 16 tracks, it's just a a chore to get through. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of stuff, like no matter how vicious it is lyrically, it's still kind of hard to get through when the beats are just kind of off where it's not your kind of beat and you can't really jive with it completely. And those are the only two, that was the, the only two problems I really feel like I have with this album is that like some of the beats are just really weird and they're hard to get into. And then the fact that the joint is so long and when you mix those two together, especially on your first couple of listens, it's really, really hard to get past it. Like I, I'm not going to lie. The first couple of times I listened to this joint, I think I, I got to about six songs in each time. And it was just mm-hmm. like, all right, yep. let, me, let me put on something else. Cause I'm driving right now and I kind of need, <laughs> I need Yo, that. I know, but, but let me, let me add another layer to what you were, you were just saying. Mm-hmm. The beats aren't necessarily your type. Some of them, the length for the album and, and on top of that, the content matter. Mm-hmm. This this is a very heavy content matter. Like a lot of what he's saying in here isn't something you could just casually play in the back. At least I feel to to be able to enjoy. I feel like you have to 
really kind of listen to it, analyze it, and kind of like just let, take it in. You know what I mean? It's like studying. I, you have to listen to it and absorb exactly. what's being said. And we always say this. How many times can you hear a song and then still come back to it like 50 million times later and hear something that you you mad you never heard before? Exactly. And, and, and especially with an artist like Royce, which is so much depth in his music, I feel like that's why, again, this, uh, this is an album that should be considerably shorter at least six to seven tracks shorter in my opinion because i feel like if this if this very album right if you just cut off like six or seven songs and maybe or maybe like three or four songs and like three or four skits mm-hmm. i feel like this would be the perfect length of the album uh, especially an album like this that's very just a deep album and just conceptually is a very deep album again like you said after a while it did start to feel like a chore to listen to right listen through but again what i would do is i would listen to where i left off and i feel like once i would listen to those songs it didn't feel as much of a chore but again when i got further into the album it, it's just it's difficult it's just a, a lot of work and rather you like again like you said rather you like it or not it still feels difficult and t- to listen to it so i feel like I, I agree with you on that i feel like there could have been a few less skits on here to be completely honest with you even though i think they were good skits I just feel like it could have been less. But yeah, but I mean, I don't really have much else negative to say. There wasn't too many songs that were just bad songs, I would say. It's just that there was too many of them that mm-hmm. kind of, that like, for example, like number 11, Dao Shao. It's not a terrible song, but there's other songs on here that kind of resemble it a little bit that I just prefer to listen to. It's just sonically and musically better, in my opinion. Yeah, I understand 100%. Well, going off of that, what would you rate it out of 10? Man, I'm going to go ahead and rate this joint a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. I think if this is something that's more your cup of tea, I feel like you might give it an 8.5, maybe even a 9. But I just feel like for me personally, I have to be in a certain mood to listen to something like this. Yeah. I can't just put this on. I mean, there are some songs that, like you said, for sure are going to be in the rotation um, for sure. But I feel like the majority of what's on this album, I have to kind of be in that in that mode and that mindset. And for me personally, that's that's not all the time. So I feel like for that reason, I give it a seven point five. And again, a lot of good content on here, but it's just not always what I'm looking for. Um, but I do acknowledge and recognize it for its its depth and it's just it just works a lot. Everything is trying to do it does it well. But again, just a little bit too long. For my liking, and I feel like if you want to bring in somebody who isn't necessarily a fan of your music, I feel like you, a best way to do it is to give them a a more digestible uh, entrance into your music. But again, I understand artists are going to do what they do, and they have people who like this shit. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, you know, I say it's dope. But again, I feel like if you like this shit, you might think it's a little better than I think. But yeah, seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I definitely. I'm going to give it an eight. And that's literally just off of the the lyrical strength of the album. Because like I said, there's more than a few beats on here that I'm not fan of. But the lyrical content, the lyrical quality is enough to keep me in, into listening to them. Like you said, though, I kind of do have to be in a mood to listen to this. It's not exactly something you can just put on to put in the background a cruise to or to chill to or, you know, mm. hang out with the, hang out with your peoples with. So, like, that's the only reason why it comes down. But I give, I'll give it a solid eight because it is a damn well-crafted album it just has quirks to it let's say 100 percent. 
All right, well, before we get up out of here, is there anything you would like to recommend to the folks out here? Oh, man. You know, it's funny. I had something at the beginning of the show, and I forgot to write this motherfucker down. <laughs> God damn it, dog. I definitely have something. Hey, fuck it. Look, I'm going to just go with this, man, just because I feel like by the time this is out, this probably should already be out. But if you haven't had enough time to dive in, and, I, and again, I hate to be promoting this because fuck, fuck six nine, right? But there's a there's a, a documentary that I'm really looking forward to watching, which is the six nine documentary of everything that kind of how it went down. It's gonna be on Showtime. Definitely, I feel like that should be something to check out. But I remember what I was gonna say now, so scratch that, and you can leave it in if you want. But listeners, scratch all that, fuck six nine, all that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna suggest this, right? You've heard us say these this guy's lines throughout the show from time to time. And I don't think we've ever fully shouted him out aside from saying free him. But um, he had a, a, a podcast when he was outside, and that's the, the good man Tax Stone. Yes, and it's called yes, Tax Season. Um, he had a full podcast for, I think, two, three years before he got locked up. Yep. And yep. he's even been doing uh, phone calls with, with other people's podcasts recently. So he'll, he'll give his input on what's going on, obviously from jail, unfortunately, which you would, you would imagine is a different mindset and shit like that. But um, definitely... Uh, check out Tax Season if you haven't already. Obviously, a lot of these interviews are dated, but I feel like the comedic value is still there and, and just the gems that Tax would bring to the table are always there. So definitely check that out if you haven't. Tax Season by my man Tax Stone. Free Tax. You already know what it is. And yeah, check that out. The joint that I'm going to suggest this week is... Damn, it's going on my mind too. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> It was just there. Okay. What I'm going to suggest this week is a TV show called The Good Place. Now, it's a TV show about people, when they pass away, they either go to the good place or the bad place, which obviously... You know. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a wild ride and I don't wanna I don't really wanna give too too much up about it simply because, you know, if motherfuckers haven't watched it, I don't wanna mess it yeah. up for But like yeah. the characters go through so much that it's like you kind of get invested in them to because you want them to succeed but like i it's a really good show it caught me off off guard like shit i was not expecting this show to be anything like i remember seeing commercials for it but i just kind of mm. displaced it because i didn't really know any of the actors and i i wasn't interested in it at the time but when i actually sat down and watched it it was really damn good and it actually makes you think about a lot of things and it makes you wonder a lot of things about the afterlife and what goes yeah. on and blah, blah 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 like maybe this shit is really like this maybe somebody had a prophetic dream or you know maybe they just bullshit like who knows but right. definitely check out the good place it's funny it's actually really smart and intellectual because they go into a lot of uh, they talk a lot about morality and like the morality right. of doing stuff like that. So like it's 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 kind of like it's educational. It's hilarious. It's like it just yeah. makes you think. It's it's on another level. So definitely check out the good place. What uh what what does it come on? What streaming service would you say? Uh, I know it's. I think it's on Hulu. Um, oh, okay. but I know for sure it's on Netflix. Oh okay, bad, bad, bad. Matter of fact, I'm about to add that to my list now. That sounds pretty good actually. Oh yeah, it's it's vicious. Bad, bad, bad. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to share with these folks before we get up out of here for today, sir? Hey, look, man, let me just say this, man. If you haven't listened to that new 6ix9ine song, don't go listen to it so that his numbers can stay down. Fuck that nigga. He needs to get the fuck up out of here. 
Don't take it take it from us. That shit is garbage. Shit is trash. All it is is a bunch of fake booty bitches bouncing around. And you can get that from another artist if you really want to. Or if you really, really want to, you can go on Pornhub, my nigga. So get the fuck. Just don't even <laughs> trust us. Do not listen to that shit. We it's gonna be the last time we even talk about this nigga. I know we said it a lot, but this is for real the last time we bring this niggas up. It's not so our fuck- fault that every time he does every time we say we're not gonna talk about him, he does something stupid that requires us to comment on how stupid it was. So That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> It's like we have the gun, and he he knows we do, but he still gives us the ammo. Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fact. I can't believe that. I can't believe that we fall for it every time. Every fucking time. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, on that note, y'all know y'all can find us on your social medias, Instagram and Twitter at HQ Podcast, and yes, that is all spelled out. Yes, sir. You can find us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And you can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, Google Podcasts, and the G Radio on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. And on behalf of my man, Mr. Chris Ben-Bass, my name is Koopa. We love y'all. Take care of each other. Take care of each other. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Be good. And if you can't be good, just be the best that you can be. That's hey, at least make your mama proud, okay? At least make your mama proud, <laughs> goddammit. That's the only thing. If we're going to do anything, at least make your mom proud, dog. Make Fuck. your mama proud. Goddamn That's right. Good. And we out this yeah. motherfucker, y'all. Peace. We out. Peace. <laughs>